Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave DiOrio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by a shaky wordplay headline. What's up, Sarah? <laughs> a shaky word. Oh, I got it. I got it. Yes, that was shaky. Yeah. Um, but you you normally do good work. I'll, I'll allow you a clunker. Um, <laughs> hi, my name is Sarah Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. Can I can I make a confession that I was like this morning? I was like, oh, I wonder what the uh, the back page of the Daily News has on its headline. And it's like, oh, the Daily News doesn't even exist anymore, does it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I assume it did, right? I, no, I think it all folded into Philly.com. So it's well, not yeah, it's like Philly. It, dot, but I mean, the actual paper itself, right? Was like, it? You, I don't so know. I have no idea. I, when, when, I, I Nobody's won anything. That's when I buy the Daily News. You know, I guess the last Daily News I right, bought was right. in yeah, of 2018. But yeah, of course. I mean, I haven't. <laughs> I've barely been inside a Wawa for a year, so oh, it's that's not true like too. that's you true know. Too. I get my gas and I leave once a month. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think the headlines were? Like shake and bake, uh, shake and bake, shake, 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 master shake, going out like real Aqua Teen Hunger Force for. Okay. Yeah. You want for, some fries with that shake? <laughs> the fries with shake. Eh. No, I would guess shake and bake. Unfortunately, probably would have been the headline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Sixers bounce back from Game One. They come back. They win Game Two on the strength of a torridly hot Shake Milton, um, which got every uh, broadcaster making some sort of shake, uh, shaky shake uh, pun all over the place. But um, let's start tonight with like kind of how that night began right so that night began with us finding out that Joel Embiid is in fact not the most valuable player of the NBA but uh Nikola Jokic is the the joker from the Denver Nuggets yeah um how did that make you feel like in your in the cockles of your heart in the cockles and the sub cockles um (laughs) Well, it, it pissed me off in even seeing the vote totals, you know, okay, fine. And B didn't win. He got what? One, one place, uh, first place vote. That's ridiculous. You know, and I, I don't know the whole NBA. I don't, I live in a 76ers bubble. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to say he was robbed or anything, but he definitely felt disrespected. You know, it's right with the with the impact Embiid has shown this year, and by staying healthy. And yeah, it was a different kind of year, but for the most part, staying healthy and just showing what the Sixers look like with Embiid full time versus what they look like with Embiid part time. I think that just proved just how valuable of a player he was. And you know, he has a great personality. We all love. Joel's personality. He is a fun player to watch on the court, but more than anything, I think he showed the whole league that he was a special player, or at least I thought he did until I saw the the vote totals. Yeah, I think that this one, and we'll talk about the defensive player of the year vote in a second, but I think this one was surprising to me because well, not surprising to me, I should say. It's the voting that were that was surprising. I, you know, I agree with this comment here because I would have thought that you know it would have it would have been closer. There'd have been more respect. And you know, if you listen to the show long enough, you know, you'll my favorite you know one of my favorite hockey quotes is the NHL hates the Flyers. Uh, but it's, you know, it's starting to become evident that the NBA hates the Sixers um, because you know I will I do I do see the argument that. Availability is the best ability, and like no matter how good you are, if you're not there all the time, then you know how valuable is it? I just think it's just such a dramatic. It's so dramatic when he's when he's in there and when he's not. It's so stark that 
it's troubling to me. Like, <laughs> it's it's incredible that one player can be have such a massive impact on a game that it's just fundamentally different when they're not there. And to say that that person, you know, one person thinks that that person is the overall um, most valuable player in the league is is just difficult to wrap my mind around. Other than you know, you're in this sort of. Uh, hot take, uh, first take, I don't know, get up echo chamber. And you just, you know, keep hearing the same player talked about over and over again. Oh, you know, Jokic should be the, I, I don't know. I don't know what goes into the minds of voters for this kind of stuff. Um, but it did seem to, well, I don't know that it fueled Embiid anymore because I would have expected him to deliver that type of performance uh, in game two, regardless. Um, mm-hmm. Doc Rivers did share a story when he was a teammate Um with David Robinson on the Spurs when they played uh, uh, the um, uh, the Rockets the night that David Robinson won the MVP over Akeem Olajuwon. And, you know, the dream just really poured it on him as, like, you know, just releasing that frustration. You know, it's unfortunate we didn't get to play the Nuggets last night, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so, so B would have had that opportunity. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just another chip, another chip on the shoulder. And just before – uh, we went on the air tonight. The Defensive Player of the Year award was announced, and it was it was Rudy Gobert by a by a landslide. I mean, way like way. I thought this one. Well, actually, I thought Ben was going to win this one, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I mean, I thought it was at least going to be like very very close. Uh, so I was surprised to see the um, the way the voting uh, shook out on that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I didn't see the the vote totals because, like you said, Dave, um, it came out like right before we started recording. Yeah, or so least... Gobert got 84 first-place votes. Uh, Simmons mm-hmm. got 15. Wow. So overall, it was 464 to 287. You know, I was... I no, closer wonder... than the... Like, you know... Yeah, still, but it still I wasn't probably... close. And I wonder if this was pushback from all the stumping he did you know ben was really really open and wanting to be defensive player of the year and i don't i know there's controversy of oh why do you keep bringing it up and then i think we even said on the show before well why do you keep asking him like what's he supposed to say if you ask you know uh, a great player having a great year you know are you the mvp are you the defensive player of the year what the hell are they supposed to say but you know he stumped for it so did doc i think it was this conversation that that this was ben's year and you know you joked of you know the the nhl hates the flyers which is one of my favorite of your recurring gags um (laughs) But I I wonder, I was thinking, you know, Embiid calls himself the process. You know, he has (laughs) embraced that nickname. And, you know, the Sam Hinkie died for our our sins. I don't think there is a league-wide hatred of the Sixers. But I do wonder if the blatant tanking, for all of those years and the process right. and the fact that they are unashamed of the process. I wonder if, if that does rub some people the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, are they dirty money? Are, are, um, are Joel Embiid and, and, you know, Ben Simmons, like, uh, I don't even know. Like, yeah, like dirty money. Like you've gotten them by, you know, illegal means or, uh, you know, unscrupulous means. So f- from now on, we're going to hold that against you for, for all time. I don't know. I mean, voters are petty. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, voters are petty. True. We, that, we see that with true the Hall of Fame. Sport. Yeah. You know, if it's like, oh, I had to watch the Sixers do all this bullshit for five, you know, seven years or whatever. I'm going to, I'm never going to let them win. Anymore. I don't know. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. It, if it was just Joel, I, I might not have thought that, but, I don't know. It really seemed like Ben was lined up for defensive player yeah, of the I year. Agree. And I, I don't know in hockey, you know, your Selkie award, you know, for, mm-hmm. for best two way forward has to be kind of earned. Like usually mm-hmm. you deserve it a year or two before you get it right. is defensive player of the year, that kind of thing as well. Or is it, no, you know, just whoever really has the so. best year. I think yeah. all-star all-star nomination, maybe like that, like, Tobias Harris may make the all-star game next year based on his performances this year. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just, 
Are, are you, how bothered are you by it on a scale of one to 10 of? So I, I'm the type of person that I don't really care. Uh, I don't really care about individual awards. And I think, you know, <laughs> my, my upbringing and my, you know, sports involvement was very much focused on team and it's all about the team accomplishments and stuff. I don't know if it's refreshing or troubling that these guys are so focused on like so focused on these awards. Like why, like, it, is it so important to you to like, I mean, you don't see Tom Brady going out there and being like, I'm the MVP. I should be doing this stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's more team focused. And I, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's refreshingly honest for these guys to go out there and say, this is important to me or, if it's more like, why is that important to you? Like we're in the playoffs right now. Like wh wh why are we stumping for individual awards? Like you should be focused on a championship. And I don't, don't get me wrong. I think they are. It's mm -hmm. just that it, this, this thing is swirling. And uh, I, I just hope that it's, I don't know, eternalized the right way and not like taken as like a sign of rejection or, or anything like that, that would, you know, affect play one way or another. I actually don't like these awards being announced while the gate, while the season's going on. Well, especially it's only round two, you know, it's mm -hmm. yeah, maybe do it in the finals or whatever. We're talking about very important players. So guess what? Like they're basically all still playing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially in the NBA, you know, it's a superstar driven league. And we just talked about how valuable Embiid is that, you know, if he's in, the Sixers have a chance to win it off. He's out. We might not beat Atlanta. You know, it's. No, we won't win anything if Embiid's out. I mean, this is yeah. like, I mean, this is big time now. And like, you need all your guns. And um, yeah, <laughs> I just don't know yeah, what else to say about it. I, I yeah, will it say that um, I, I, I do want to, <laughs> I do want to bring up, um, Jason Blevins' uh, tweet um, oh, where Shams I... tweeted, uh, Denver Nuggets star Nikola Jokic has won the 2021 NBA MVP award, sources tell The Atlantic. And uh, Jason said, I disagree, but I enjoy both offense and defense, which I thought was <laughs> like really a <laughs> just a it's it's a beautiful tech. Uh, it's a beautiful tweet. I have to say it's excellently crafted. Um mm -hmm. And yeah. drives drives the point home, you know. It's like, yeah. are you a well-rounded player? Like, yeah, I get it that you play every game, but do you play both sides every game? Um, and what do what what do voters value? And it's clear that they value offense. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I I, that, I don't know either. Hashtag, I mean, sad. hashtag sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's let's move on. Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, everyone's kind of exhausted breaking this down. Like, they, you know, the way the Sixers approached Trey Young and, um, and and switched things up, you know, in game two. I just, I kind of want to have some fun tonight and, and talk about, are the Hawks the most annoying team in the NBA? And can we have an honest conversation about this? <laughs> well, I mean... I don't. I won't be holding back for any Hawks fans that are are listening. Well, there's a bum. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I won't hold back uh, for fear of any uh, Atlanta Hawks fans no, feelings. Do, do not. Um, are you talking about like historically annoying or just currently annoying? I mean, currently, like if you were to watch all thirty teams play a game, mm -hmm. would the Hawks be the most annoying one to watch? Or if you were to watch your team play every every team. Nobody else is jumping out to me, and there's a definitely some recency bias. <laughs> uh, CJ, which is that backwards um, comments, uh, Celtics still most annoying. Celtics are hated, you know. Like, I, I don't, I don't get that. Not even flopping, but the 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 call baiting, the the looking for a call anytime it just the watching the Atlanta game I lost respect for Atlanta you know it wasn't like oh they're playing us tough and this is the guy kind of guy you have to foul to to keep him from the guaranteed two or three no it's up there Trey Young just 
begging for for fouls and getting them and it was talked about all over the broadcast that that's that's his game and that's not fun to watch that's not like oh they they showed us he knows how to get fouled really well yeah and here's look we're gonna start right at the top let's start at the top with trey young this guy (laughs) i don't even I, I don't even think I want my kids to watch Trey Young play basketball because if you think that's how you should play basketball, I, I don't I don't know. I don't need that example set. If you watch Trey, he will literally dribble up the court and then come to an immediate stop so the defender runs into him and then makes a shooting motion to draw a foul. Yeah. He will jump and contort himself into an like an a totally abstract painting of a <laughs> shoot of a jump shot to draw a foul and i i just don't think that this is good for basketball and i will make the caveat here and say yeah yeah every player in the nba does this every good player in the nba knows how to do this You watch Steph Curry. Steph Curry will do this type of thing. The problem for me is I feel like Trey Young's entire game is predicated on this. It's like defenders have to fear him doing this because it's his primary move. And uh, you you cannot, like, I just don't even know how to articulate how you can handle a player that's entire game is predicated on drawing cheap fouls. And yeah, yeah, Harden Harden does does play that that kind of game too. I don't know that I would say that that's his primary uh, primary go to move, but it's certainly part of his arsenal. Um, and yeah, it, like what some... drives me nuts is when people call this smart or yeah. crafty or like, oh my gosh, what a wily player! Look at him being able to draw fouls. Oh, that's what you want to reward? That's absurd. Sorry. Yeah, I, no, no, no. I um, I agree. And the the point on Harden is, I feel like Harden can beat you other ways. You know, um, you know. Uh, another comment here: Trey Young's flopping was apparently a reason he didn't get voted by coaches in the All Star game. Respect. I respect that. If that's true, I don't know that that's true. But if that's true, I'm, but I, I could buy it. I could buy it. Does it? It might be a handy skill you have, you know, the the phrase like, oh, he's somebody you want on your team. Like you hate playing against him, but you want him on your team. Even if you were on our team, it'd be like, yeah. Okay. If if the Sixers win the NBA championship by taking a whole bunch of cheap fouls, okay, I'll take it. I mean, that'll be interesting enough. But but Harden can beat you other ways. You know, if it's you know. I almost want to say give Trey Young space. Go, all right, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not going to touch it. You know, make a make a field goal here. Um, yeah, you like Trey. I mean, yeah, the comment here, I still like Trey's range, though, which is more to my point that, like, you don't have to do – you don't have to play like this. Like, Yeah, then be a Seth Curry. Good. I mean, he can, he can hit from the logo. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Like, and that's fine. If that's the player you want to be – like he has the ability to do that, and you know he's not, you know he's not Steph. No one's Steph, but you know. But my son loves playing with Trey on on two K, you know, because he can he can hit from anywhere basically, and you know he doesn't want to do the work to get down low to the block. Right? Like, <laughs> I, you know, takes the easy way might- out. But you know, it's he, he has he has talent. He's it's but like why would you want to be known for that? Well, I guess you don't care. I guess you just don't care. I guess you just go winning is the only thing that matters. And, I mean, how many times do we see that across all sports? You know, I don't know if we'll get to it today, but the ongoing controversy in baseball of, you know, pitchers using foreign substances. Anytime people find, like, a a market deficiency where you can exploit a loophole, get cheap points – you know, ruin the fun or integrity of the game, but your team wins, people do it. I I Um, honestly think the NBA needs to do something about this, about who is initiating contact where and give, give refs more latitude to say, 
you you know the shooter initiated that contact we're not going to call yeah. foul on that and please referees if you see something call it but if you don't see something you can't still call it uh there's yeah. two plays on tobias uh, uh not on tobias on matisse um in game one and in game two that you know in the in game one uh, they they challenged and it still didn't get uh, overturned, which is unbelievable to me. When you you touch nothing but air to call a foul, yeah. is, is it's just it's just mind boggling. Why even have why even have replay if you're if you're not going to look at the evidence that's that's on the replay? But whatever, like what did you see though with your eyes that made you call that foul? I just don't understand. Yeah, I I don't either. And you think by reputation. You know, they wouldn't want to have go back and look at the game and go, well, we were made a fool of all night. You know, mm-hmm. we, we fell for it every single time. And on the broadcast, they talked about it. They talked about all the things he does to, to, to muck up a foul. So it's, you know, it, he was certainly irritating. Uh, I know one lanky Italian uh, was driving in nuts as well on the, uh, the Hawks. Ga- Gallinari. Gallinari. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't brave enough um, to try that without you starting it. Well, first. he's not even number two for me. Uh, oh, okay. Number two for me is Kevin Herter. Yeah. Um, it, Kevin Herter is like the white Jimmy Chitwood from Hoosiers. <laughs> like, I, I just don't understand. Like, this guy has got to be like one of the least cool NBA players I've ever seen. But you also have things against gingers. Like you I, take personal offense when like a, a redhead whoops like is is a factor in sports. I don't know if it's the <laughs> lack of melanin. Like they can't go in the sun. Why why do I have to respect you on the court? But like gingers personally offend you. Yes, that's that is true. Um Devil Spawn. Uh <laughs> I just I, I mean this kid drives me I mean, obviously. He's, he's a talent. He's a great perimeter player. He's just knocking down shots. But, I mean, I, it just drives me nuts. Like, oh, man, Doofy, you're going to let Doofy White kid uh, <laughs> just drain him on you like this. Uh, absolutely drives me nuts. And We're um, getting shown up by Ron Howard out there. It's like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like a Richie Cunningham at the, at the, uh, at the three-point line. Uh, it's just knocking him down. You got to, I, I don't know, got to do something. All right. And then uh, number three for me is uh, Bogdanovich. Hmm. Um, first off, the name Bogdan Bogdanovich is like strange to me. I mean, I'm sure it's maybe it's totally normal in other countries. Well, isn't there the, the director, Peter Bogdanovich? <laughs> I don't know. Like you weren't thinking that I all game? Know. But he seems Just very like, like um, uh, Android like. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that he's a, he's a human. Uh, I'm sure that we uh, maybe there's some tests we can run. Uh, and I think he's picking up, you know, traits from other players to seem more human. Um, because when Trey Young did the shush, then he did the shush later. It's like, oh, this is what the humans do when they make three-pointers. It's like they, they shush the crowd. Um, so he's, he's number three. And to me, the whole thing... Uh, compiles to the most annoying team you can play, and this is what this was my fear. Ivan Drago, <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby Drago. Um, and the whole thing together makes the Hawks the most annoying team to play in the NBA, in my opinion. And this was my fear when the during the Knicks series, I was like, I wanted the Knicks so badly because I didn't want to have all these like annoying characters. And you know, um, Philly sports talk loves the you know hate the face. It's like everyone on the like three quarters of the Hawks. It's a hate the face team um, <laughs> more than I think a- a- almost any other. So, and that um, just that just. Uh, what was it? Two days between game one and game mm-hmm. two? Oh, hey, those are a long two days. Yeah. I, well, I hope it's a long two days for the Hawks, too, because, you know, we don't play again until Friday. Yeah. Um, we're Friday, Monday. So you get your weekend to enjoy the other series. Okay. Um, all right. Now back to some serious business. Um, we, you and I, we got beef with Doc Rivers. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we, we do. Beef. When you said the you and I had beef, I thought you meant between each other. I'm with like, oh, other. we're finally no, having never, the Spider-Man never. debate. Um, we have beef with Doc Rivers. So let's oh, yeah. talk about hack ben for a second and Doc Rivers' comments. Now, let's go back in the Wayback Machine 
um, to the the first time this hack of Ben was employed in the playoffs against uh, the Wizards. Okay, um, and when asked about it, this was Doc's response: "You want me to take Ben Simmons off the floor? He's pretty good. I'll pass on that suggestion." He could have made more free throws, but he didn't. But he still does other things. I'll take that. Listen, keep the narrative going. We're just going to keep playing. I didn't think he was scared of the moment. He just didn't make them. We're going to keep him on the floor. Unless you guys want us to bench him the whole game, if anybody wants us to do that, let me know, and I'll know you don't know basketball. Yeah, that's that last part is the definition of a straw man argument. Right. You know, it's, I can't believe that you want us to take him out for two minutes. You are practically saying taking him out the whole game. And if you want to take him out the whole game, then you don't know basketball. Well, yeah, yeah that would be true. If you said, you know, the team is better with, you know, Ben sitting on the pine as opposed to actually playing. But, you know, and I, I believe we did talk about it last week, but it's just disrespectful. You know, there are points in there where you can get your, your players back, but just to, to go, you want this, you want that to assume this ill intent or whatever, and to make a big stink about it. And then three games later, you know, (laughs) three games later, Ben's on the bench when they're hacking them. Right. So fast forward to game two, uh, the Hawks, with about three minutes left in the game, uh, it, may, it may have been even more, um, start to deploy the hack of Ben strategy. And after one time, Doc calls timeout and takes Ben and Matisse off the court. Now, this is what he had to say after that game. He said, we took him and Matisse out because we had an extra timeout. It's funny. That's why you try to save timeouts. I was tempted to use the extra one in the first half, and I didn't. And it really came back and rewarded us because that's when they started fouling. Yeah, and I always appreciate in a subtle Andy Reid troll. Um, so, like, Doc does get some credit there, but it, it's such – it's bad bullshitting, you know? Like, take an opportunity to go, you know what? Ben had a, a good defensive game, but he was not showing up on the, the score sheet, which he wasn't, you know, he, he was not an offensive factor last game. So, so say that, say, you know, everyone else had, had, had picked them up and we were getting production from the bench, um, some huge production from the bench in, in the second half. Just say that the game changed. The dynamic was different. This was an opportunity to go. We're not going to play that. All the momentum is going. I know, I'm very happy. I'm very happy that that Ben was sat after the the hack of Ben started. It it was like we're not playing this game tonight because when the Sixers went on that run, um, late third, early, well, late third and pretty much all of the fourth quarter, um, they, their momentum was was fierce. It was intense, and don't don't let them take the take all the wind out of your sails and show up. And I think it was the right call to make, but his excuse for why he made it's exactly that. It's an excuse and it just, you know, it makes him look like a, like a hypocrite or, or a jerk. And I like doc. I'm a yeah. big doc rivers fan. I, I, and I, you know, I'm playing a little, I'm having a little fun with it. When I say we have, we have beef. I don't, I, I just, think it's beef. just an observation. It's just an observation the way that, it was just so defiant about how we're not going to we're not going to respect that hackaben strategy. We're going to ignore it, but then the first opportunity to sort of back it up, and then you kind of that walk it back, which is fine with yeah. me. I think you made the right call. Um, there's there's some um, there's some chatter in the in the comments section about should Doc just be leaving Ben in there to get like OTJ training and like work the kinks out. As we go, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, it's we're it's in. I mean, it's crunch time now, so I don't yeah. really like. Maybe the regular season's the, the time for that. I'm a little nervous about letting them, you know, learn on the job uh, in the, in round two of the playoffs. In in it, not game two after you lose game one. You know, it, mm-hmm. this was a, a must. But at home, I mean, at home is where you want them to do it. 
Oh, yeah. No, I agree. It's going to be tough in Atlanta if he's forced to make free throws in high-pressure situations. But well, it is. But if he can get back home and we get back home with a substantial series lead, you know, it's then maybe that's the time. But this was not the time to go, hey, get your reps in, kid. Let's 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 work out your psychological problems or and you know, work out your technique when we have to win this game. And yeah, the Sixers had a, a, a healthy lead, a very healthy lead, but they also had all that momentum. They ha- and basketball. I'm going to make like a blanket statement about. Basketball, I love it. Let's hear it. Let's do it. But it's it's a game of momentum. It is a game of flow. It is a game. It, it is a game of runs. Yeah. Yeah, game of runs. I, and I'm not saying anything revolutionary, but when you are running, when you have taken over the game, don't don't mess with it. Don't go. Hey, let's let's learn how to 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 shoot free throws you know send them to the gym <laughs> send them to a uh well a blacktop in the city and just have them <laughs> have them shoot you know there, well, there's my backyard i got a i got a hoop uh, in my backyard you can come over here you have all the privacy you want but it does not <laughs> simulate you know a game time situation in an nba arena with oh no it does eighteen thousand screaming fans um that you know want, want your head in atlanta and i think i think atlanta is a is going to be a tough a tough place to play um, yeah. as far as like a, you know, a road arena, it's, it's going to be tougher than Washington. Um, I think, I think Atlanta fans are weird. Um, he uh, the, like Atlanta, like the Braves, the Falcons, it's not really that big of a deal, but I do believe that the Hawks do have a good, um, a good loyal fan base. And I think it will be kind of, kind of nuts there. Um yeah, I think so too. And especially they they did their job. They didn't need to take both. They they took one. You know, they they stole home court, but and you know what? If you listen to all the talking heads today, they that's everything. And if you go on Hawks Twitter, that's everything everyone is citing today. There's like no there's no concern about what happened in game two because they felt like they, as you say, did their job. They stole a game. And I, you know, you, this, like, I love hearing, like, oh, they stole home field advantage. Okay. Well, so if the Sixers win game three, they stole home field advantage back. And then, and now the Sixers are going to win the series. Um, yeah. You can't read too much into it, but just that sort of pumping yourself up and pumping the yeah. fan base up will make. Atlanta a harder place to to play in. You know, you you get down there and they're feeling like, all right, the the Paul's in our court, literally. Um, you know, momentum's at their back. That that can get the crowd into it. Maybe it says something to the team. I I think, you know, if I were a Hawks player, I would view when they took the lead in in game two, you know, after a pretty damn dominant first quarter by the Sixers, a not great second quarter, like zero bench points. Um, and to, to hang around, to take the lead, that game should have felt winnable. And, you know, Shake came out there and just lit them up. And that that has to be disheartening you know now i i don't know what it means for game three but you can talk yourself up but i'm not feeling too confident so here i'm gonna play i'm gonna be the hawks fan and i'm gonna say okay i'm looking at this series now okay i'm playing the number one seed and we stole game one okay but you didn't just steal game one the team you played had probably the worst first half we'll say half first half um, they could have possibly played in regards to turnovers, in a, in regards to decisions around the rotation, um, and you played great. You did. Your uh, your, your star uh, went absolutely off and went nuts. Okay, so that's my pin. That's my take as a Hawks fan. I did my job. I had a great game one, and now we're going back home. As a Sixers fan, I'm saying, yeah, you won game one. We played as bad as we could play. You had a 28-point lead, and that sucker, we almost stole that sucker at the end, okay? Two, so we made an in-game adjustment and almost made a miraculous comeback to win that game. 
Two, we made in-between game adjustments, especially in regards to the rotation. There was never a time where it was an all-bench floor. There was always at least one starter out there. So we made that adjustment, and we won game two. All right, so now I'm saying as a Sixers fan, we made the, we almost made a comeback in that game, and we made an adjustment. Yeah, we're going on the road now, but is your home court going to offset our adjustments? And now you made adjustments. The Sixers are the better team. You know, yeah. Oh, and by the way, you have the best player in the series. So oh, yeah. you mm-hmm. cannot stop. You, you absolutely cannot stop him. He's going to score 35 to 40-plus points every game or you will foul out like you know what i mean it, it's just, you cannot stop him you, he will either score or you will foul and that is it that's the end mm-hmm. of the story and he'll get his points to strike and he I makes love, i love i love i love an Embiid three you know <laughs> it's just like oh yeah i can do that too you know it's it really just felt like an extra they are nice but game. every time i go no 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 okay okay yeah wait well, it's true but <laughs> it's like it's but it's it's a bit of a dickish move, you know, or it's just enough to turn the knife a little more. I I liked um, Embiid's usage in Game One. You know, okay. I really do uh, applaud Doc there. He was an in enough. Game one? I'm sorry, Game Two. Game Two. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, I didn't like very much at all about Game One. <laughs> um, but in Game Two. He was well. The bench presence. gave him that leash. Right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially after the the turn the turnaround between the first half and the second for the bench, night and day. Yeah, when it was thirty two points from the Hawks bench to our zero, zero, it was concerning. But then you know they they came alive. Which I mean, you know, what do they think? They're not going to score any points for the entire series. Like eventually, the dam is going to break. <laughs> these players are going to play to their to their averages to their means mm-hmm. and this this series the sixers are going to win this series it's why it's a series and not one game it's not a three game series it's a seven game series mm-hmm. and it's just one game i mean you're the number one seed <clears throat> no sixers fan should be nervous at this point like i honestly don't think so i mean even if we lose game three i'm still not nervous <clears throat> I was with you until you said even if we lose game three, I'm still not It's not a must-win game. This team no, can not. easily win three games in a row against the Hawks. I'm mm-hmm. like I honestly think we can. It's not, and I, we could we win two games in Atlanta. Like I, you know, I'm not I'm not concerned. And I always appreciate <clears throat> when you're not concerned because it's legitimate. <laughs> um, oh, you know, oh. it's you know, it's not false confidence. You're, you know, you're you're reading the tea leaves. You're going, this is the Sixers are the better team. And I felt great before game one. Um, <laughs> uh, we got to evolve, you know, we got to stop being nervous all, you know, all the time. Well, I, and I'm stealing something again from flyers, Twitter, but I think it's just Philadelphia in general. That's a dangerous and, place. That flyers Twitter. Oh, it is. But this is just Philadelphia Twitter in general, which is much better. Um, it's, you know, Philadelphians only have two mo- modes, cocky and distraught. And, okay. I mean, it's pretty true. Uh, I think we're back on cocky, and we'll get to distraught. Um, but going into game no, one, I- game one, I felt, I was pretty, I was thinking sweep. I was all ready for the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, fo fo fo. You know, five, 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 okay, most five, likely. Five, five. The because- gentleman sweeps. The gentleman sweep. I do love a good gentleman sweep. Um, but the start of game two, well, the, you know, game day, game two, I sent a thing out to our, you know, sports chat going, how's everyone feeling? Dave instantly responded like Sixers by a thousand. And I felt really the, the playoff butterflies. I was not doom and gloom, but it, felt like it felt like the playoffs which actually is a wonderful feeling like that if the Sixers lose this game I don't know what I'm going to do and how many hours is it to to tip off and what's the news how's and beat all that stuff that's what I was feeling before Tuesday's game before game two um after the the gorgeous first quarter I actually I settled in even when the score was close at halftime. I wasn't nervous. 
even when the the Hawks went up, I wasn't too nervous. Um, and I'm confident going into game three. If the Sixers lose game three, I will need you know some hand holding going into game four. But well, I'm gonna tell you now, take take a Xanax or something, or you know, do whatever you gotta do to mellow yourself out for the first quarter because that that water's gonna be choppy in the first quarter. Um, but it's gonna settle down and you know, Embiid's gonna assert himself. And they're gonna be they're gonna be just fine. I, I honestly think because I mean when you're relying on bench perimeter players, that's tough. Yeah, uh, like the Hawks do, and the Hawks really do rely on those bench perimeter players. And th- those guys are not always the most trustworthy um, players on, on your team. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, we got Game Three Friday. We got Game Four Monday, and then we're gonna be back on here Tuesday night. Um, so, you know, we'll be talking. We'll be talking about when we're going to clinch and, and hopefully previewing the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. And you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, James Harden's hamstring will be <laughs> point of contention in that conversation. Um, but I do want to talk about baseball for a little bit uh, while we still have time. We have about 20 minutes left um, before we get to the penalty box tonight. Um, and if you've watched the show, you know I'm focused on this foreign substance issue going on around baseball. And um, it's turned out that uh, this, the, 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 the hot thing on the ticket now is spider tack. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, a lot of people were, you know, there's a lot of talk about like rosin mixed with uh, sunscreen on your arm gives a good, a good grip. Um, on the baseball and the consensus around MLB is that players are okay with that. That's a, that's like a safety net. You're throwing hundred miles an hour. Like please control where that ball's going. Okay. And spider tack is different. And if you don't know what spider tack is by now, spider tack was developed by um, like a world's strongest man competitor um, to like lift atlas stones so these like hundred pound hundreds of pounds of rock don't fall out of your hands and you know it, it seems like that would be a totally legal substance in that sport because like you need to hold this giant yeah. um but for baseball what it's used for is to create spin and rpms on your pitches and to 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 keep that ball on your hand as long as humanly possible and if you've watched any um sort of interviews with Pedro Martinez, um, he gives a lot of credit to his ability to pitch by his, like, I don't double jointed or uh, hyper ambidextrous, very long fingers because he was able to keep that ball on his fingers as long as humanly possible and create spin. Spider tack evidently will give you up to 500 revolutions per minute more spin on your fastball. Um, wow. I didn't, I didn't know it was that big a difference. I mean, I, I got the gist of it, but that when you put it like that, damn. Oh my God. I wasn't even looking at the screen. Luke Williams, uh, walked it off for the Phillies. That's, uh, that's pretty unbelievable. I need to see that that replay. I I just see them all, uh, celebrating on, uh, on home plate, but, uh, the new kid, he gets the hat, the home run hat. I love the home run hat. Home run. Well, I don't. I wasn't watching the game. My feed's always behind yours, so <laughs> I'm closer to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe, hopefully. Um, all right, let's get back Those to parents the, are crying and everything. What a great cycle. All right, anyway, yeah, back to spider tack. Yeah, sorry. Let, let's stop talking about the good story and talk about the crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where we live. <laughs> but I guess. Initially, when you described the the rosin and the the sunblock, I was like, "eh, that's those I, are I don't those are le- those are two legal substances." The con- yeah, that was a walk off home run, unbelievable. Um, the combination of the two may or may not be legal. And MLB said they're going to invest. They're collecting these balls. They're they're going to investigate it. And this year is basically a free year. No one is going okay. to um, be penalized basically for this. Uh, I mean, are the but the okay the 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 rosin and the sunblock. All right, investigate this year, but the spider tack and anything else, 
crack down. It's not part of the game. And if if it's resulting in, you know, you know, players that shouldn't be in the league looking like aces or mm-hmm. or you know, replacement level pitchers looking like all stars or or whatever the case may be, just get out of your own damn way. You know, baseball has just an awful history of turning a blind eye to this. And usually it's turning a, a blind eye to are the balls corked? You know, remember that from a couple seasons ago, right? And, you know, and all of the, the steroid abuse, usually it's turning a blind eye to offense, but this is your game. If you suspect there is an epidemic of a sort of cheating, crack down on it, you know? Well, particularly because you're all of a sudden up in arms about the pitchers are too good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the the spider attack, Garrett Cole, mm-hmm. did you see the, pr- the press conference with Garrett Cole? I did, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, was asked point blank, have you used spider tack? <laughs> and his answer was certainly not point blank. His answer was incomprehensible. Um I I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> so you've used spider tack, basically. Sarah, have you ever used spider tack when you put baseball? I have not. I have no. not I have not no. pitched. You know the answer to that and... question. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I get. I get where you're going. You, you know, if you've used some of the world's most stickiest substances, uh, when you pitched, uh, when you pitched, that you, you used it. I. I know that I have never used spider tack when pitching a baseball. And why not just lie? You know, you're already. <laughs> well, because he's going to get caught. Congress. <laughs> yeah, but this is. He doesn't know how to answer because he could lie, and then get yeah, caught, well, or he can fine. admit it. And everyone thinks he's a cheater. You're already cheating. <laughs> like you're not. This is not. This is not Sammy Sosa in front of Congress. All of a sudden, saying he doesn't speak English anymore. Well, this his is... last start, his his fastballs had about a 300 RPM reduction in spin. Funny how that happens. Same thing happened with Trevor Bauer. <laughs> who was basically the start of this whole nonsense, complaining about it, and then he just decided to join in. He's talking about, like, boiling Coca-Cola and adding it to rosin and sunscreen. It's nonsense. <laughs> and it's now, pretty easy to crack down on. Pick up a ball <laughs> after it's used, and is it sticky? It's not that hard. Yeah, I, I talked about, you know... Coating it in like um like glow in the dark paint, like a, a watered down coating, and breaking up black lights. And Dave's like, "Is it sticky or not?" Like, let's start there. It, you know, if this spider tack does what it's supposed to do, it's gonna be sticky by the time it gets to the catcher. You know, <laughs> I I don't know it. I don't know if I'm more frustrated with baseball in general or the Phillies because I'm frustrated with them both, although I'm very happy about the the walk-off win by the the Phillies' first ever Luke. Um, But... Did he use the force? Did he use... Luke is not that uncommon of a name. I mean, I know know we all love Star Wars, but I mean, Luke is just a fine name. But... But baseball, come on. Baseball, it wants to... You have a really good sport. Let's stop trying to move the mound back. Let's stop trying to change extra innings, although I don't hate that anymore. Um, let, let's stop trying to make runs out of nowhere. It's just protect the sport, maintain the sport. And they seem to fail at that and <laughs> and seem wow. to be okay with failing at it. Oh they seem God. to... They seem to go, well, it is what it is, and, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, we'll find out next year after, you know, I, I'm surprised they're not going to make Major League Baseball try not cheat. Uh, sorry, Minor League Baseball has to try not cheating next year. You know, so they see if they want to bring up to the bigs. Well, listen, let's keep the integrity of our sport by going to the penalty box. 
that was fine. That was fine, you know. Um, with just the two of us here, um, I guess Gene, I'll go first. Yes, you'll go first. But Gene's first ever miss show, his Iron Man streak is over. Mm -hmm. And I'm not yeah. putting him in the penalty box for that. But Dave, who is going in your penalty box? I thought about putting Gene in the penalty box. <laughs> I mean, you know, I had to think about it. Gene, you're not even commenting here. Is your summer cold keeping you from adding some comments? Oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. <laughs> you're vaccinated, so we know it's not COVID now. Or at least we hope it's not. Oh, God, don't be COVID. Sorry, right, Dave. I had a couple of different contenders, but the events that led up to um, uh, right up before I came on to the show have to take center stage for my penalty box. So it was my oldest son's uh, playoff game in his uh, in his little league tournament. And uh, it was a tie game, sixth inning, last inning, top of the sixth. What more do you um, want? What more that? do you want in any? What more do you want in that scenario? In oh, any, yeah. any it's opportunity game? for kids to become heroes. Um, it's all lined up, and uh, bases were loaded. You know about anyway. There's a play at the plate for the go-ahead run, and the the catcher has the ball well in advance of the runner, tags the runner out. Umpire calls the runner safe due to umpire interference. So he called himself in the way of the runner reaching home plate. So he called him safe, which I'd never heard of before. Me neither. There's lots of different reasons for umpire interference. Uh, the catcher's throwing the second base to, to get a, 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 you know, a, a would be stolen base attempt out. He may hit the umpire. The ball may hit the umpire when it's hit into the field of play. I have never seen an umpire stand in the way of the base pads and impede a runner from uh, reaching a base. So anyway, umpire calls, calls him out and, uh, and pandemonium ensues. I've never seen a Little League game played under protest before, uh, <laughs> but that's what happened tonight. Uh, our coach of the Brookline Phillies commands that this game is not being played under protest. I'm writing the league. Um, kids were crying. Other kids were celebrating. And there is no good resolution to this because I just got an email from the league that our protest was upheld. And the game will resume tomorrow night. Tie game. Top of the sixth inning. So I guess we're going to uh, start this uh, start this all over again. But now, because of this umpire, kids who thought they won the game have to have that taken away from them, at least momentarily. And I have to say that you sh being an umpire or a ref in any sport should be an entirely selfless act. You mm -hmm. shouldn't do – you shouldn't umpire or referee because you wished you could play – um, certainly partake in it because you love the game, but, um, it, it is the furthest thing from being about you, um, that could possibly exist. Um, fancy strike calls, um, boisterous, elaborate, uh, home plate machinations for calling people out. Um, not great. It's not about you. It's about the kids. It's about the players. It's about the game. And uh, I believe in every sport, the players should decide the outcome. Obviously, no one should, you know, you should, should call things the way you see them. Um, but getting yourself involved in, in this is, is not good for anybody, and especially for young kids who this is, like, very, very, very important to. So for that reason, I'm putting this umpire in the penalty box. All right, nameless umpire who made himself bigger than the game by crowding the base path in <laughs> Little League. The game was played. The game was played under protest because of you, and the protest was upheld. I hope. I hope this this umpire is a listener, um, because <laughs> you're getting a ten minute game misconduct. Look at your life. Look at your choices. How did you end up in this situation? <laughs> Sarah, who's in your penalty box tonight? Um, 
Well, this is going to sort of echo yours because, again, it's having to do with kids and caring about kids and, and, and being a good steward of either children's sports or children's entertainment. Okay. The world is opening back up. It's awesome. Movies are in movie theaters. Um, people are going to restaurants. COVID numbers are down across the board in the United States. Um, elsewhere in the world, not so much. But in the United States, we're doing well. And the the tagline of, you know, this movie only in theaters is beginning to mean that again. Although lots of new releases are still coming out on streaming. One that is not is the PG-rated Peter Rabbit 2. <laughs> it's coming out, I believe, this weekend. And PG films are, are meant for the whole family, but they're not PG-13. So you have to assume that kids under 12, you know, kids who cannot be vaccinated, are the, are the prime audience for this movie. And you want them to go out and see it only in theaters. Mm. Let's get a whole bunch of people who are not allowed to be vaccinated together in a cramped indoor space to see Peter fucking Rabbit 2. Okay? James Corden wasn't that great in the first one. All right? James Corden really thinks highly of himself. But why would you do this? Why? Why is this the movie that's not going to streaming? You know, in the heights coming out in, you know, in theaters and in streaming. I'm sure a whole bunch of all the adult geeky musical theater um, people like myself um, <laughs> have been vaccinated by now. You can go out to the theater and see it. Black Widow in theaters and in your home. A whole bunch of movies are coming out on streaming. Why on earth is a kid's movie only in theaters. So Peter Rabbit 2, um, you are getting a two-minute penalty for attempting to prolong the pandemic. Two minutes for attempting to prolong the pandemic. Sorry. I was reading more about this uh <laughs> the walk-off home run. This, this appeal. Oh the appeal. <laughs> 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 I mean if anyone's interested, here's the like the denouement here. Uh, there is no such thing as umpire interference with a runner. We appeal the decision before the next pitch as required by the league rules. So there you go. Yeah, it just and, and like I'm I'm rooting something. for I'm rooting for Dave's team. You know, <laughs> I know Dave's kids. Uh, you know, uh, it's your oldest, right? It's his yeah. team. Or yep, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. and. But it is going to be like the end of the first Harry Potter book. You know, there's some shitty kids in Slytherin, but there were some good ones who like legitimately are like, yay, we won the House Cup. And then they're like, no. Right, right, right. I like yeah. Gryffindors and they broke some rules and Harry Potter did something. So fuck all y'all. You didn't win the House Cup. So, well, yeah, stay tuned for our Harry Potter uh, podcast later, because uh, that that I believe that is the shittiest moment in, in all of the Harry Potter books. Yeah, from an author who keeps trying to prove herself a little bit shitty in real life. But um, but yeah, it's just like, what the hell, Dumbledore? This is fucked up. Like, could you at least tell the kids before you put up the decorations? Like, like it's a horrible, like, reverse surprise party. It's like, come on in, Slytherin, you won. Slytherin other than Psych. Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle, right? Yeah. Like, you know, either... Either they're lying and everyone in Slytherin is truly awful or good kids got punished. I was always confused. Like exactly how, how many students are in Hogwarts? Like what is the size of each graduating class? Like I need to know. I have no idea. I always just put it at like my high school levels. I assume like right. every year was like 200 students. Right. You know? so I thought it was much larger than that, but I, I don't That's just what it was in my mind. I don't know. Because I guess I, I equated it to my high school and I thought there were about 400 kids in each class. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of kids in that school. <laughs> <laughs> so you made up the criteria and then were surprised by it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, we're going to be back next Tuesday. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or 
wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Podadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Uh, and also, please check out the Painted Lines for all your Philly sports coverage, not just sports, pop culture. I saw the... Um, the summer blockbuster movie draft yeah. uh, was out being voted on um, on on Twitter, and and that sparked some some really fun uh, twister conversations <laughs> that that we had today. And I started thinking about that movie, and now I want to go watch some uh, some Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. R.I.P. Um, all right, so yeah, like we'll be back next Tuesday talking about more Sixers, Phillies, uh, anything else that comes up during the week. Uh, so until we meet again, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.